0: Well, let's look uh, at Hebrews 13, verse 20. We've been in a series called Doing His Will, as we got into December and then coming into the new year. Hebrews thirteen, twenty. it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be, gl- be glory forever and ever. Amen. And the NLT, verse 21, says, May He equip you with all you need for doing His will. May He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to Him. All glory to Him forever and ever. Praise God. Let's read it in the Amplified Classic too. It says, verse 20 is, may God do this. So verse 21, may God strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever to the ages of ages. Amen. Let's go back and read the NLT one more time. It says, may He equip you with all you need for doing His will. May He produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to Him, all glory to Him forever and ever. Amen. I don't know, it's just um, something that strikes me just a reverence and an awe um, when we're reading this. Uh, verse, that it is all about Him, and it's about what we're going to do for Him, that He's producing in us something to run for Him, and what is pleasing for Him, and all glory is going to go to Him. It says, may He equip you with all you need for doing what? His will. May He produce in you. So He's going to produce in you. What do we need to do? Yield to Him. Look to Him. That gives Him the opportunity then to work in. You don't have to do it all yourself. See, religion tries to make you think you've got to do all these things for God. Uh, you do, you serve God because of what He's done for you and then what He's going to do in you. He enables you to do it. In other words, you're not trying to, God, is this good enough? Okay, God, is this good enough? I'm, I'm just trying to be accepted by you no that'll beat you up that's religion see religious it religions of the world tell you you got to do a bunch of stuff to please a god or the the gods or whatever they may or may not accept you well that's that's insecurity you go through life like that you just see and is this good enough and you don't know you know i'm talking about in the in the way religions will teach you don't know until you know you cross over their side did i make it but you're always trying to strive. Well, what are you trying to strive for? To please what? The gods, the God, whatever they, you know, they're teaching. Those are man-made ideas um, of trying to earn a way to God. Well, you know, so people do nice things, quote unquote, for other people, but basically they're doing it for themselves because they're trying to be good enough to, to please their God or their gods. So it's really Selfish. It's not not selfless. At the end of the day, I better do this or I, I may end up in the wrong place, is what the thinking is. See, that's not Christianity. God, Christianity, true faith, is God Almighty sent His Son to earth to save us, to redeem us so that we could serve Him. So that we're already saved. He paid the price so that if we believe on him, he brings us, makes us a new person, brings us into his family. So now we're secure in his family. Now he says, go, you know, run your race for me, but you're already secure in the family. So you go run your race because of what he's done. You're secure in him. You love him and you want to do what the best you can to serve his kingdom because he's the king. And so we, we, we strive to do things, but it's not that you're doing it on your own. He gives you then the strength and the power to do it. So you're already secure in Him, and He, and he says, okay, son or daughter, here's what I have for you to do, the general will in the Word of God, and then He's going to give us something specific for us to do. And then He's going to say, and on top of that, He said, I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to equip you to do it. And not that what it says? It says, may he equip you with all you need. Can you put that up? For doing his will. May he produce in you. See, he's producing it in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. See, it's all about him. We come to him. We believe on him. We're born again, the Bible said, saved into his family. And now he's going to help us to be everything we need to be to serve him. Knowing the whole time that when you finish your race, you're already in the family and your time on earth here, you're going to serve him. And when you leave this earth, you know already where you're going. You already know the whole time you're on this earth, you know where you're going. If you were to die right now, you know where you're going, but you're going to live your life here on this earth to serve him. And then when you pass on their side, it's not, did I make it? You know where you're going to end up. You're hello, Lord. Lord. And what do we want to hear? Well done, good, good and faithful servant. In other words, you did what I asked you to do. But he said he would help you do it. So what is the, the crux of the, the, the matter? We got to just give him his will, submit to him, and he's going to help us to do what he wants us to do. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to give us... Uh, his ability to do it. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. He's going to bring us up. He's going to give us his timing. He's going to uh, give us favor, strength, whatever we need to do what he's asked us to do. Because if he's asking us to do something, he would be unjust to ask us to do something that we couldn't do. So whatever he asks us to do, whether we think we can do it or not, he's going to help us to do it. And we can be secure in that. That's why when when you sense God... um, just prompting you to do something for him. Now, his word, you don't have to pray about is what his word said. What his word says, it's 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 his truth. It's his will for our lives. You don't have to pray about it. But then he's going to give you something specific to do. So as he's asking us, as he's prompting us, how does he do that? Not in an audible voice generally, just through in the inside, inner witness, we call it, an inner prompting, just a knowing on the inside that will always align with His will. He's going to guide you and direct you. So as you're prompted, and and over time, you, you know, depending on how big of a thing it is that you're being led in a certain area, we have the ability to decide whether we're going to follow Him or not. And as we do, we need to know that that's the best thing for us and that He's going to help us to do it because it's His will. So then we say, okay, Lord, I'll do that. I'll go. You know, we were singing that first song. I'll go in your power. I don't remember all the lyrics, but you know, uh-huh. I'm going to go. You have the lyrics? Yeah. I, like the, I like some of the lyrics on that song. It says, let's go. Let the music play. It's time to celebrate. It's a brand new day. We are so alive and God is our, on our side. It says, with your blood you sacrifice, giving all, you paid the price, you've opened paradise. What? Opened the way for us to live for him. But it says, this part is what I'm talking about. I'm taking hold of this victory. Well, we'll go back. Your glory rises like the sun, radiating life to everyone. Now death is over and I'm alive. See, I'm alive now. I'm running for you now. I'm taking hold of this victory of what? What God's already bought and paid for. I'm running in my destiny. For your glory, I will go. See, that's a lot different than, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to serve. I just don't know. I'm trying. I just, I don't know if he loves me. I don't know. No, I know. Because he told me and he told me whatever he told me to do. He's going to help me do it. So God, here I go. For what? For your glory. That's what it says at the end of the verse. If you put up Hebrews 13, 21, can you go back to the beginning? May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. You see, you're stable, you're secure. And now you, you follow him, and he said, I'm going to equip you to do it. I'm going to strengthen you and help you to do it, and it's all for his glory. We're all doing it for him. We're not doing it for our own glory. See, the world does things for their glory. Look at, look at me. Look at how I've done this. And not for the glory of God. That's, that's a big difference. So you're going to determine then what you do by what he says not what you want to do. If He is our Lord, then He's going to determine what we do. What is our race? What is it? I, I, yeah, I'm doing your will, so it's your will I'm doing because you're going to equip me to do that. As a Christian, He's not going to equip you to do something else. You can try to use your abilities to go do something else. That's not, that's not what He's asked you to do, so that's, you're going to run into issues. I would run into issues. To the best of our ability, we want to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because that's where the power, that's where the strength, that's where the equipping is, that's where the grace is, is to do what He wants us to do. He's asking us to do It's going to be for His glory. It's not for our glory. It's not for our good first. Now, anything you do for Him, it's going to end up, it's going to be good for you. But we have a will, and we have to submit that will to Him. So this thing, this, this is where, this this is not necessarily something that people jump up and down about easy, because with our flesh, you know, we like to hear what, it, just I'm talking about just our flesh, our flesh just kind of, when I talk about our flesh, it's just our our natural nature, you know, and literally the body we live in, and then your unrenewed part of your mind, what, what the world, if you're influenced by the world, it just wants to do what you want to do, what I want to do. And see, then sometimes... Uh, You know, we gotta be careful in Christianity that we don't make it, that that Christianity is just basically a self help thing to do what you and I want to do. You know, it's just the flavor of be your best. But if you if you strip it off, you look at it and it might throw some scripture at it, but really it's just rah, rah, self help. We don't that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches it's all about Him, and He's going to equip you to do what? What He asked you to do. <laughs> not, not what you, you made up in your five-year plan or what somebody else thinks you're really good at. It's what He knows that He's called you to do. And that's where a, a vital thing that we diverge, a Christian, a true Christian, true follower of Christ, one that has made Him their Lord, that we diverge. Because now you're living your life not for anybody else but for the Lord and not even for yourself. That means if you're going to follow the Lord, there's going to be some things that you may not want to do in yourself that he's asking you to do that you're going to do. And you, your flesh and your natural self may not jump up and down to do it. But if you trust him, it's the right way not talking about. Now you got you to say this because religion will say, oh, see, you know, he's going to ask, he's going to make you do something that you're going to suffer something that Jesus already paid for. There is a suffering, but it's mostly about you putting down your will and there is persecution, but he's not asking you to suffer something that Jesus already bought and paid for. He doesn't put you in a place, well, let's see if you can handle this sickness to see if you really love me. He's already bought and paid for sickness to be eradicated. Well, let's see, you got to just be poor for me. Uh, That's not something Jesus uh, said he became, the Bible says he became poor so that you could become rich. Now, will he ask you to lay down whatever you need to lay down? Yeah, but his will isn't for you to go through the world dirt poor. You can't do anything. You're suffering. That in its extreme is people that don't have enough to eat. That's not our Father's will for you. The one thing He doesn't want for you to to be covetous. What is covetousness? It's being led by money. That means you will do something for money and make a decision based on money even if the Lord's telling you to do something else. Well, that's a problem. Like the rich young ruler, he said, you know, came to Jesus and was like, well, I've I've done all the commandments. What do you want me to do? And Jesus said, you sell some of your stuff. And he said, well, I can't do that. He just located them. Now, was it God's will that, hey, you're just going to live in abject poverty? No, I don't believe that. I believe there would have been blessing down that road, but God is locating him. Are you going to follow me or are you going to follow your money? Well, there you go. And so God, as we follow him, we got to make sure that we're following him. And sometimes that means then as we go, there's going to be more and more of it's doing what He would have us to do, not what we would uh, want to do necessarily. Look at Luke uh, 9, 23. But the will of God for us, God wants good things for us. And so we need to understand that as we follow Him, it's not going to be bad. It's going to be good. But you have to make decisions. It's like you know, and I just say that, and then we'll read the scripture. There are certain things in life that you know, you, you know, you want to <clears throat> do a certain workout program. You want certain results, or a diet, or you know, those are the things that easy, easy targets. New Year, people generally, or spending, or whatever habit. Well, you want a certain result, we're just talking about in the natural, there's some things you may have to change in order to get that, which you don't actually really want to do. You know, you you don't want to stop eating this, you don't want to start eating this other thing, you don't really want to work out this way. You like it after you're done, but you really don't want to do it at the beginning. I don't really want to stop spending here, whatever. Well, there's 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 just in the natural there's just something that you're saying no to in order to, because you want something else. But the end is good. And that's just the natural. Well, how much God, you don't think God understands that? God is, is wanting us to follow Him, but He's a good Father. It will always be good for us. When you look at it in eternity, you look at God is, whatever He's asking us to do is going to be the best for the kingdom and ultimately the best for us. He's not trying to make us suffer. He already suffered so that we could be in His family. But there is something if we think, well, it's just going to be whatever I want to do, that's not following God. It's following basically what we want to do. So there is that, and we can't get away from this. Now, none of this stuff we're saying, you can't, don't let Satan beat you up and condemn you as we're talking about these things. These are truths. We're reading scripture. What did we read in Hebrews that God would help us that he will equip us, that it's for his glory. It's not a beating down thing. It's a thing that we want to follow him and do what is the best thing. But we, there is an enemy in the world. Satan is uh, in the world, and he is the enemy of God. And so the world has gone after him. Things of the world will try to pull you in other directions that ultimately are good for you. And Satan, you'll have thoughts that'll be like, well, if you do that, you're not going to have any fun. Well, if you live for God and really give him, he's going to, you know, you're going to end up halfway across the world in some remote place and you're not going to have anything. Let me tell you, if God asked you to go halfway across the world in some remote place, you would be as happy there, happier there than anywhere else because that's where you're called to be. I've talked to missionaries. They are, they, they, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you know, decades past, didn't have running water, didn't have things and they wouldn't have it any other way because the race of God was there, and they were being blessed, and they were graced to do it. Let's look at Luke 9, 23. Praise the Lord. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. Verse 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. In the Amplified Classic, it says, he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me cleave steadfastly to me conform wholly to my example in living and if need be dying also now that's kind of i mean that's true i mean the disciples did that but you can see that's kind of added he's saying that you follow me Verse uh, 23 in the Living Bible says, Then he said to all, Anyone who wants to follow me must put aside his own desires and conveniences and carry his cross with him every day and and keep close to me. Now, this is not, you know, people talk about bearing your cross, carrying your cross. It's not a, they'll make it a religious thing. He's just talking about, you put down what you want to do and do what I want you to do. Which, that enough, can be, that, that, you know, you bump up against a challenge there. In the CEB, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. He didn't say you're just going to suffer everything. He said you're going to do what he would want you to do. You're going to say no, say yes to him, and follow him. Say no to ourselves. And that, so that's what Jesus himself did. He's our example. In John 6, 38, he said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Not to do what? My own will. Not to do what I want to do, but the will of him who sent me. In Luke 22, verse 41, it says, He was." And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Jesus said, I'm not going to do what I want to do, what my flesh wants to do, what I'm being, I'm being pressed here, but I'm going to do, Lord, what the plan is. Mm-hmm. And so we're followers of Him, and that's what we ought to do, is do what He said to do. But He said He would help us to do it. He said He would strengthen us to do it. He said He'd equip us to do it. Amen. Amen. He is not asking us to do something that's going to hurt us. But he is asking us to submit ourselves to him. And so wherever we are in that, there's a path there's something out in the next or out in front of us. That he's asking us, okay, this isn't good for you, put this aside. Or, hey, I'm asking you to do this, and we may say, there's no way I can do that. I'm not equipped to do that. Well, see, that's not a problem. He'll equip us. John the Baptist in John uh, 3.30. John the Baptist, when they were coming to him and asking him, basically, you know, is he... They're thinking John the Baptist is somebody, and Jesus said he was great among men. But John the Baptist in verse 30 says, he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. In NLT it says, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. <laughs> See, our, our we don't like to hear that. The world goes, you know... You know, what's it all about? What I look like, what I'm doing, you know, reels, uh, posts, you know, all about trying to show how I'm doing. Look at me. Look at this photo. And God is saying, you know, here John the Baptist is saying it's not about me. I, I need to decrease, he needs to increase. Well, that's basically in our lives, that's what we need to do. We need to continually be like, it's more about what he wants than what I want. Which is a process. In uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31, you guys Okay. I know this isn't one of the things everybody jumps up and goes, oh, give me more of that. (laughs) Woo, this is awesome. Well, it's the word of God. And part of it, as we go, it's so easy just to make it, well, it's just about whatever we want to do and God will bless it. God will bless it. Jesus just loves you. Jesus does love you. And whatever you want to do, he's there. That's not what the Bible teaches. It says you go and do what he wants you to do and he'll equip you and help you do that. He's not our genie. God is not our genie that we just say, hey, you know, oh, well, I need some help here. Let me go get the little, you know, genie bottle, and I'm going to call on God, and He's going to help me out of whatever. He'll help you. It's better just to do what He asked you to do in the first place, though. Now, don't take this. Again, you got you to gotta walk a line because there's two things here. And people get in two ditches. They go way over on one side and think they're just beat down and they think, you know, it's, it's so serious. And it's all, oh, it's just so serious. And it's all about, you know, it's all about Jesus. But I'm, you know, they're depressed. They're serious. They, they feel condemned. They feel beat up. And, uh, you know, just got to do what God wants me to do. Well, part of he said, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's the will of God for us, too. So it's not a depressing path, it's not a, a, a down path, it's not um, a fearful path and so it's not over here going, oh, it's just so I just oh it's so it's just so hard serving God. No, on the other hand, it's not well, we just do whatever we want to do and just go after God and we can do it and God's just going to bless it and hallelujah and be over here. it is Lord, what would you have me to do? I thank you that you're a good God. You'll supply all my needs. You'll do everything that I need you to, that I need uh, for this life. You're going to help me. But on the other hand, I'm not just doing everything I want to do. I'm going to be in line doing what you would have me to do to the best of my ability, and you're going to help me to do it. And I'm going to rejoice in you, and I'm going to stay close to you and go on. And there's, if if we're there, there's really no. There's no issue. We said, he he said in Hebrews, he he would help you. He would help me. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 15, 31. This is uh, the Apostle Paul. It says, I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Well, is he literally physically dies daily? No. Well, he's still writing this, so this point, no. In the Amplified, says, I assure you by the pride which I have in you, your fellowship and union with Christ Jesus our Lord, that I die daily, I face death every day, and I die to self. What does that mean? I become more and more just callous to what I would want. I'm a more about what he would want. Which means that I don't I, I don't do what I want to do. See, this'll help this'll help if we're more connected with God and doing what He would have you to do, this will clear up things with what other people think about you. Or what they think you should be doing. Because if I'm not doing what I want to do, why would I care about what you want me to do? I don't even do what I want to do but you think I should do something else. Or, you know, a person, we're thinking that's the way we should think, like you, looking at somebody else going, I'm not doing what I want to do, but you think I should do something. Why would I care? I'm only trying to please what he, him, what he wants me to do. So you don't think I'm doing the right thing? Well, I have to put down my flesh and decide I'm going to follow him. If I have to do that with what I think, why would I care about what you think? Why would I care about, oh, somebody doesn't think something of me? Well, <laughs> I didn't think I could do this either. I'm doing what God has me to do. And you have to put your pride down. And you have to decide what matters is what he wants us to do. What he wants us to do in life and what he's expecting us and what he's helping us to do. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. So I'm doing what he would want me to do. So I, I'm letting him live through me because it's his will. And He's at, I've, I've been born again through what Jesus did. Now I'm come into the kingdom of God and so then he's asking me to do something, but he's enabling me to do it. He's equipping me to do it. He's strengthening me to do it. So we're actually letting Christ do in the earth through us what he wants to do. We're his body. We're his hands, his feet, his his mouthpiece. So he is living through us. So it's what he would do in any situation, which also takes the pressure off you and me to be all that, be the best Christian for everybody else and do the right thing. Because if we understand it's really just about allowing God to do through us what he wants to do in any situation, now it's just about yielding to him. So you go into a situation, you feel like, well, I just don't have the right thing to say. How am I going to be a witness to everybody, anybody? Who, how am I going to tell my friends about God? How do I do that? Just listen. It's not about you drumming up something. It's about him reaching people through you. So you just be you and listen to him and what he wants to do. And then he's the one ministering to people. It's more than you. Don't get in this. Well, I just don't, I don't know what I would say. Don't try to make up something to say, just be close to God and yield to Him. And now when you're saying something, it's not just you, it's the power and presence of God, the Holy Spirit there talking, prompting somebody else. And what do you do? It You're just being a vehicle for Him, so it's actually Jesus. It's Jesus ministering to somebody else. It's Jesus doing what He wants to do, what His plan and purpose is on the earth, and we, as part of his body and his family, he's going to work through us. So that's why when he asks us to do something, he's not concerned whether you have the ability to do it or not. He's just saying, don't worry, I'll equip you. I'll strengthen you. Just listen to me and I'll do it. That's why we shouldn't be like, well, I can't do, I don't want to, I'm, I want to do my own thing because you can't do your own thing when you're letting him live through you. He's saying, go here. If you say, well, I want to go here, you're not letting him flow through you. You're doing your own thing which is just like the world does. Well, God, I want to do, I want to do whatever you want me to do. Okay, well, as we walk that out, when he prompts us, then we just follow and do what he wants us to do. When we have anything that would say, no, I don't want to do it, we have to say, wait a minute. Why would I want to do something against what he would have me to do? Because then I'm not letting Him flow through me, and I'm not. if I believe He's a good God, I really believe it, not just playing lip service for it, then why would I ever say no to Him to say yes to something that I've dreamt up? Because we know, you and me, we're limited. We can make wrong decisions, but He, he knows. He knows ultimately where we're going, what we're capable of, what we're going to look like 20, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. He knows everything. So when we yield to Him, we might think, well, I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know the future. You don't know the future, but he does. So if I'm looking and saying, well, I think I should do this, but we're being prompted to do it, something else, we should take the mindset that I'm saying no to me because I don't know anyway, and I'm saying yes to him, even if it feels like it's a push in the moment because he knows where we're going. We're not talking about him creating something to make us suffer or anything. No, just following him because it. It may, you may suffer by putting your flesh down and doing what He would have you to do, but ultimately what His plan is is going to be right and good and be the best for you because He loves you. He loves me. Look at uh, 1 Peter 4.2 in the NLT. We'll close with this. It says, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing down your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You won't spend the rest of your lives changing down, chasing down what? Your own desires, something that you made up. Then get there and realize, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Not what they told me it would be. But I'm going to do, be anxious to do the will of God. In other words, I'm just going to do what He would have me to do. He's going to equip me. He's going to lead me. And as I do that, it's going to be good. It's going to be right, and we give, and He'll get all the glory. The best thing. The best. Uh, the news is we don't have to figure out what that is. He's already has a plan. What's our job? Just to hook up with Him, just to be aligned with Him. What is His plan for our lives? What is His purpose? And know that. That's what we ought to teach our kids. It's not up to you to figure out what to do. It's up to you to determine what God's will is for your life and align yourself with that. And that's the way we all, no matter what station of life we're in, wherever we are, no matter what the past is, no matter what we think, what we feel, if we'll just go and say, Lord, what do you have for me going forward? What do you want me to do? I want you to live through me. What is that? And so if there's something I need to say no to, I thought it was this, but this isn't, this isn't what I need to do. This, you have something else. Be open. Be willing to say no to something that we want to do. If it's truly what God would want us to do and be led by that, it will be right. And it will ultimately, ultimately be the most fulfilling and he'll get all the glory. It won't be us because it wasn't our idea. We didn't want to do it. <laughs> and then if you go back, they're talking to you years later, you're, you're like, wow, you really did a good job. I did not want to do this in the first place. It was not my idea. All I did was follow what the Lord asked me to do. And then who gets the glory? Certainly not you, me. It my idea, it wasn't your idea. In fact, we had to push against ourselves to do it but God knew. And so he'll get all the glory. You say, praise God. I just gave him my will. He equipped me to do it. I didn't think I could do it. He strengthened me. He helped me to do everything that was pleasing in his sight. It was his idea. So what do I have to contribute? I just yielded to him and I let him work through me. Amen.